Hi, this is Steve Halpern with Super Anti-Aging Podcast. I hope you have as much enjoyment listening to these podcasts as I have doing them. I spend hours and hours talking to scientists, watching videos, looking at studies, and to have a place to share this information that you can check out. I try not to do what's called information. You can double check me and uh, I try and be as credible as possible. Well, the recent news had a scare article. Oh, niacin. If you take niacin, you're probably going to (laughs) die. Well, not really, but that it might increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, arterial disease, and not a great thing. Well, when you delve into it, it was done at uh, Cleveland uh, Clinic, and a lot of it was interesting research, but basically it was observational. People already had cardiovascular issues, and somehow there was a connection between a compound that was made in the downstream of the niacin that might cause increased inflammation. And it might be related to a certain gene. Well, my take on this. Years ago, major pharmaceutical companies were going to come out with niacin, a niacin type of drug for cardiovascular, and they abandoned it. Most of the studies, the majority of studies that have been done on niacin have not really shown uh, improvement in cardiovascular conditions. So the idea of this red herring of, oh, don't take niacin, and, and I, I wonder why. Well, niacin can be a cheap way of raising NAD levels. So maybe people want to take NAD, you know, they, they want to take niacin to raise the NAD levels. Mm, uh, there are so many other ways to decrease inflammation in the arteries that I don't think the niacin is a real, you know, important factor. And maybe if they combined the niacin with other B vitamins, maybe they would have gotten a different effect. Many of these people already had cardiovascular conditions. And again, it was observational. You know, they really didn't do a study on cause and effect on healthy people and measure this and do the CRP and do the inflammation markers. That was not done. So, and the niacin that would be in your B vitamin, I wouldn't worry about it. And if you want to get some of those reported mental effects of, of uh, niacin, you can take nicotinamide, which is not, so far, has not been related. And again, it's all about dose. They were talking about high dose of niacin. So let's go back to the whole topic of cardiovascular. It has to be so confusing for um, people with cardiovascular disease. Take the statin, don't take the statin. High lipid, low lipid, high fat, no fat. It gets so confusing. Can you reverse cardiovascular arterial disease? Some studies have shown possible. And in fact, the studies that were done were actually done with just lifestyle and not even any kind of drug intervention. So controlling your blood sugar, exercising, losing weight, 
not eating processed foods that are going to give you a lot of bad oils and possibly trans fats. So far, the connection between high fat and cardiovascular arterial disease has not been convincingly proven. One of the areas that they really don't look at is your microbiome. Um, you don't go to a cardiologist and say, okay, let's test your microbiome. Might that be a factor? Well, it could be a factor. You know, you could be uh, producing a compound called TMOA, which is not a good compound, might be cardiovascular related, but how could you fix it? Probably, yes, you can reduce the choline levels in your diet and, you know, don't eat the meat, but you can work on your macrobiome. So let me get into more of this exciting information of cardiovascular. Oh, by the way, again, the lifestyle factors and reversal of cardiovascular, or as I said, was exercise, caloric control, losing weight, controlling sugar levels, insulin levels, all were major factors. So let's get back into the main topic. What really excites me now, and I, I've added to my program, and I don't even have uh, cardiovascular issues, and I don't want cardiovascular issues, was colchicine. Now, colchicine was originally uh, derived from a Chinese herb. Yes, a Chinese herb. You use for blood disorders. And for years, colchicine has been prescribed for gout. Gout is a condition where you produce high levels of uric acid and then get crystals that can be in your toes and your legs, even damage your kidneys. And some, uh, some really good clinical studies over the years have shown that you can lower uric acid levels with colchicine. Now, how does this tie into cardiovascular? Well, new studies have shown that colchicine, especially at the low dose, which your doctor can recommend, not the high dose that's in, you know, that's prescribed for gout. We're talking, we're talking maybe uh, somewhere around, uh, possibly, let's see, uh, five milligrams once a day, which is certainly much lower than the dose that uh, you would use for gout. And this is the fascinating part. You can say, well, statins, yes, you take statins, and still there's controversy about the statins. You know, if we lower the cholesterol, do we improve mortality? Don't we improve mortality? You get side effects. And, okay, let's put that aside. So the question would be, and this is, by the way, Recommended and approved by the FDA for people at cardiovascular risk. And so the question, fascinating question would be, if, and studies have looked at statin and colchicine, and there was benefit, cardiovascular benefit. What happens if it was just the colchicine? Lo and behold... I got the same results as a combination. So for people who have a concern with the statin, they really should talk to their practitioner because it's, it's not something you can order from Amazon. <laughs> talk to your practitioner or if you'd like some of the studies, uh, you can contact me and I'd be glad to get it to whoever uh, is really interested in um, the culture scene. Now another fascinating 
circuitry compound that I came across is dosamine. Dosamine. Dosamine is a flavonoid that you'd have to eat a lot of, you know, citrus food to get enough. And studies have shown that it could help venous flow. Oh, veins. But now some interesting studies show that it might help microcirculation. And that's an, another big, big plus. So the goal is holding this all together is decreasing inflammation. And you can do some blood tests, you can do HSCRP, high sensitivity C-reactive protein, very sensitive test. Again, there are other factors that might be causing this inflammation, systemic inflammation, and so you really have to do some detective work to figure this out. Erythrocyte sedimentation rate, another inflammation marker. Is there a problem reducing inflammation? No, there isn't. The body will produce, a healthy body will produce healthy levels of inflammation when necessary. Inflammation can prevent, you know, the spread of an infection. Okay. Inflammation can help, you know, uh, with immunity. It's appropriate. Turning off the inflammation is the key. Inappropriate inflammation. And then some, you know, experts uh, hypothesize that long COVID might be stuck inflammation that the inflammation that was produced to fight the COVID infection has not gone down. And uncontrolled inflammation, of course, can affect joints. It can affect, you know, the blood-brain barrier, you know, swells up. It can affect every single system in the body. So eating what we consider a low-inflammation diet, which, again, less processed foods, less, you know, all these fake oils, Controlling sugar levels, all can be helpful. From a supplemental point of view, there are lots and lots and lots of supplements that can do this, but it needs to be personalized. I think things like Boswella, uh, turmeric, you know, you want the curcumin, the active turmeric, the active ingredient from the turmeric have all been reported. An adequate balance of omega-3 and omega-6, you want a nice ratio, the fish oils, you know, the, uh, the omega-3, which it's hard to get from vegetarian sources. You can do algae, possibly, but that gets a little harder. You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, I'm definitely a big fan of the EPA. And there have been also studies, if you're taking EPA and DHA, EPA and DHA, you might get some brain effect from the DHA. Maybe, we don't know, maybe it's reducing some of the inflammation. But let, let, let's go through things that I think are going to be really helpful uh, for this inflammation. Uh, burger, mot, B-E-R-G-A-R, M-O-T, fruit extract. Again, I said, I talked about the curcumin and Again, this is not a do-it-yourself plan. If you've had uh, a cardiovascular event, 
you've had some sort of you know, uh, condition, maybe uh, a minor stroke or um, some something that your doctor be concerned about excessive blood clotting and you're going to go on a blood clotting drug but if you're not in that space and you're just concerned about prevention uh, I personally take and I recommend to my clients nanokinase nanokinase is a wonderful derivative from nano and it has some very uh, positive uh, and the word is wrong it's not blood thinning it's excessive clotting right you don't get clumps because here's here's again the issue and again <laughs> this isn't medical advice this is health advice all right the question of arteries do you have calcification in the arteries to help the artery the, 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 from breaking okay is it a good thing if you can prevent the clot formation you don't get a blocked artery so with a, what's been found is that cardiovascular disease is epidemic in this country right now are people living longer yeah they're living longer because they're getting the stents and that's okay in fact you know I think I, I I saw an individual who was an athlete, skinny, did everything, and he had blocked arteries. We don't know why. And didn't do the stents. And I watched some bad consequences. I think appropriate, appropriate medical intervention is wonderful. Okay. If you have blocked arteries, working with an interventional cardiologist, the procedures are very safe right now do it but how about all the collateral circulation around the blockage and how about restenosis where it comes back again well along this topic since i'm i'm focusing on cardiovascular uh rapamycin now there have been studies that rapamycin might prevent not everyone but in some of the stents were coated with rapamycin to prevent restenosis. And they had mixed results. But the possibility that rapamycin might also have some cardiovascular benefits, and you can do a search. Um, it's, certainly, it's certainly on my list. And again, moving toward cardiovascular, I think, you know, um, antioxidants are important. Not excessive antioxidants. But I think glutathione, and especially one of my favorites right now, is glycine. I think glycine is wonderful. Um, it will make glutathione, and it has so many health benefits. Um, I, I have to do some research, and maybe I'll do the next podcast, how it might affect cardiovascular issues. But again, lifestyle, appropriate supplementation, and personalization. Yeah. There, you know, since I've started this field <coughs> decades and decades ago, <coughs> I've watched the growth of the supplemental industry, and especially, especially after COVID, there's so many supplements to choose from. Then the issue is how reliable are the supplements? What happens when I mix them all together? 
It needs to be personalized. It should be personalized to you. Like a medication. Yeah. Medication might be wonderful, but it might not be wonderful for you, and a supplement might be wonderful for one person and not particularly good for you. And uh, let me go on to the last closing issue. Uh, how much of cardiovascular might be some of the toxin toxins that we're exposed to? And uh, it just exists. Now, there's plastics and everything. My gosh, that's really, really scary. You know, you get you want you want your McDonald's. It's gonna the plate's gonna have plastics. You know, you want your bottle water. Probably gonna have plastics. Cans, tons of canned stuff have plastics. How does this affect cardiovascular? We don't know yet. So, what can we do about it? I think what we would do for anything else that's a toxin is you know try and cleanse the body as often as possible. I again. It's my personal recommendation and some of the recommendations I get from my practitioner colleagues. Uh, zeolite, you can look up zeolite and I can do a, a podcast on zeolite. and seems to bind up plastics. Zeolite is a volcanic compound and is very porous and seems to have an attraction to the plastics. So occasionally, doesn't have to be every day, I'll include that and uh, I'll include some charcoal, activated charcoal, once in a while, do that. And uh, hopefully, I'm um, allowing my body to detoxify. So I've come to the end of this podcast, and uh, please help me not keep this podcast secret. I get so excited when I see subscribers. I mean, people are actually, you know, uh, sharing these podcasts, motivates me more and more to eventually do and I'm promising myself soon I'm going to do video video podcasting and start to interview some of the wonderful scientists that are doing these doing this research who don't particularly get interviewed. You know, you have the stars who get interviewed, and um, you know the so-called um, gurus in this field. Uh, if you have questions and comments, please question and comment. Uh, I have. A group on Facebook called Super Anti-Aging. As I get more proficient in my technology, I'll be adding these studies and research and trying to answer questions on the Super Anti-Aging uh, website. If you have any suggestions for topics, please let me know. And again, I thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And please share these podcasts.